sights to show you. Alrighty. Let's get episode 59 started of the Sirens of Scream, the geek podcast that proves sometimes dead is better. We're recording tonight on Christmas Eve Eve, and I'm here with my fellow sirens, Melissa and Jackie. Hi, guys. Hi. Hi. Something dead into your throat over it there. It sure is. Yeah, you sound I'm a little, a little dead or over here. <laughs> yep. Getting over some stuff. Which I'm sure you Man, know. The sickness perfect for has been sweeping through. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's the season. It's like the Christmas plague. Oh, yeah. But besides, you know, all of that, how you guys doing? I'm pretty okay. We were talking right before this about <laughs> what we've all been doing lately here. Melissa, you said that you guys went to see Into the Spider-Verse today. I wanted to wait we until we started recording to ask this, but how was it? I really want to see it. <laughs> it's so good. It's so good. Yeah. I'm not a big Spider-Man fan normally, but I just love what they... I, I already knew a good amount of what was going to happen in this just because I know a lot of the comics that it's related to. Like, they're bringing Miles Morales is at the center of this, who's a character they've been writing in the comics for a while now, and Spider-Gwen. A lot of cool stuff here. It was super fun, and it's just like a big, giant, happy celebration of comics. Nice. Much more than any other comic-based movie I've seen. Like, the visual style of it is so... There's so many moments where you just feel like somebody just, like, put a comic book in your face and moved it around really fast. Like, oh! (laughs) (laughs) It's really awesome. And it's got this really interesting animation style where it almost makes... It almost made me feel like sometimes, like, I was supposed to be wearing 3D glasses. That's weird. Because there's kind of, like, strange, like, layering of colors that make the edges look kind of blurry. Is it it not in 3D? I, I kind of assumed it would be just from the styles that i've seen well it is okay it is in 3d but like i don't usually see 3d just because i prefer most things in 2d yeah, i'm with you there mm-hmm. i don't like doing the glasses and all that yeah. stuff yeah but it do- it looks like it, it it's not all the time it's just like you can see around the edges of things where it looks like it's layered to to feel like a 3d film yeah but i also don't know if that's just an effect they're doing to try to make it feel more like a comic book but it's it's really great it's super fun there are a couple of tearjerker moments max was he was pretty upset a couple oh, of times. No. He kept kind of burying his face in my arm and going <laughs> <laughs> <I'm> like, "Are <laughs> you okay?" He's like, "I'm so sad." He gets very emotional in the movie, but they, you know, they made up for it with a lot of fun. It, it's quite. I, I was laughing out loud quite a few times through the movie. Nice. It's pretty fun. One of my yeah, nephews is just absolutely obsessed with Spider-Man and specifically Miles Morales. And I have this really, yeah. really cool book about the artwork that went into this film for him for Christmas. And it's been sitting here wrapped in shrink wrap, just tempting me for like a week now. <laughs> and I just like I really want to see inside of it. But of course, I can't. <laughs> well, and it's like, you know, we've been going through this slightly frustrating thing with Max recently where he has been coming home from school a lot talking about like, oh, I can't do that. That's for girls, Mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. Oh, I can't wear that. Like, he's very concerned about people judging him Mm -hmm. and, you know, and and always referring to girl stuff as like bad stuff. Like, it's not good. It's not fun. It's not cool if it's girl stuff. That's you know? so weird. It, it, you know, it drives us absolutely batty because we don't do that gender shit in my house. Right. And so it's like, we've worked yeah, so hard on you. go on out you. into the world and get all these ideas. <laughs> I know. <laughs> and it's heartbreaking at six years old that he's already, like, really worried about how people are going to judge him. And thinking that he's not going to fit in if he, like, wears the wrong thing. So I was really excited because there were a couple of 
really great female characters in this movie. Specifically, you know, there's Spider-Gwen, uh, Spider-Gwen yeah. who's pretty rad. She's she's definitely one of the best Spider-Mans, Spider-People in the movie, and there's a lot of them. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's really fun. And there's another one, but I'm not going to give the other one away, because that would be a spoiler. Nice. I have just been busting my ass for the past, mm-hmm, like, month. You sure have. That's all I've been doing, is just working every day. I've been working. I haven't been out of the salon before 9 o'clock all week. I've been starting early, working late, and just trying to fit in every single person that I can before I take a break. And including yesterday. I worked late yesterday, too. I apologize now. I don't have a whole lot to (laughs) add to the episode this time because I just haven't had any time for fun stuff until today. And I chose to spend today going to a movie with my kid because I miss him. (laughs) So, yeah. And maybe... But now now I'm off till Saturday, so maybe I'll have some time to watch some more spooky stuff and get back in the swing after I get enough sleep yeah, to recover. Yeah, after you hibernate for a little bit. <laughs> I, don't feel, I don't feel recovered yet from one night of sleep. <laughs> yeah, it seems like our workload over here in the DeVore house is starting to lighten up a bit. So we're, we've mm-hmm. like just been easing into actually watching stuff and like playing games again and actually trying to sleep a little more but we also like just bought a new mattress a week ago (laughs) so our sleep schedules are totally off and yeah i don't know i don't know what we're doing to ourselves over here we need like a month off (laughs) (laughs) i would love to have a new mattress yeah we needed it we just got max a new bunk bed and now we're jealous (laughs) of his mattress because his is better than ours (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> what about you, Sarah? What are you doing up there other than, other than dying of the plague? Yeah, I've been sick all week, but now we have the whole week off from work. So Awesome. Yeah. That's good. It's super good. Ooh. And the family's coming up on Monday. So I got to see my little sisters. And we're all going up in the Space Needle. And I haven't, I, I haven't been in the Space Needle, even though I've lived here for like six years well when you live in a place you never do the yeah. touristy stuff yeah, there's always those touristy things i've never been the statue of liberty oh yeah <laughs> and i hate going to times square oh yeah why would you want to <laughs> gross <laughs> <laughs> i hear people love it but every time i accidentally step foot in that place i'm like ah no too many people <laughs> and lights it's just <laughs> a, it's such an assault on your senses <laughs> Well, I've been able to listen to some podcasts recently, and there's two that I wanted to bring to this episode. The first one is a episode of Snap Judgment that I heard on NPR, and it's the episode is about a woman who is studying the effects of PTSD on soldiers, and there's a group of soldiers Hmm. who are performing exorcisms because they think that they've brought back demons from, from war. Oh, wow. Yeah, and it's really, I mean, it's a heavy listen, of course, based on the subject matter, but it gets into a lot of, like, sleep paralysis themes, like people seeing, you know, the the classic kind of, like, very tall figure, sometimes with a hat on, having things, like, on their chest, and the, the woman who's telling the story, like, as she's collecting these stories and getting to know these people she starts to experience the things too and so she starts to explain like oh man it's really easy to be in this mindset like what is reality kind of thing and it's really interesting and these are i'm assuming all true stories i mean they're like interview style kind of things bless you sadie wow (laughs) i haven't listened to snap judgment in a long time that's That's interesting maybe i'll Mm -hmm load it back up and get back in touch with it again yeah i i liked it a lot and then the other one is a lot lighter i've been listening to do you need a ride 
which is the podcast that Karen Kilgara from My Favorite Murder does with the comedian Chris Fairbanks. And the whole premise of that show is that they just, like, drive people to the airport, basically, (laughs) and have, you know, an interview along the way. And they had a, you know, a long kind of library of episodes, but now Karen and Georgia have started their own podcast network. And Hmm. so that's one that's on the network now, and so I think they're going to have more regular episodes. And so I was listening to some of the backlog And there's an episode number 72 with April Richardson, where right off the bat, they start talking about ghosts. Like, yeah, like minute six, like they start telling (laughs) different ghost stories and experiences that they have. And one is Chris talking about how he's, you know, doesn't believe in ghosts. And he thinks that's just like, you know, once you're once you're dead, you're done. But even believing that he was working, painting this mural as he's like doing this work he's hearing like ghost like parties going on throughout the building and stuff it's very fun and then it reminded me of all of the stories that I've been kind of listening to getting ready for this episode where we're going to talk about haunted hotels and the kind of reoccurring themes of those kinds of stories too I want to know what they mean by it says they're driving an 08 Honda Accord mobile sound studio well, they just, they have their whole podcast set up in the car. So they're just like the so first funny. podcast on wheels. <laughs> in a 2008 Honda Yeah, Accord. it's pretty fun. <laughs> and it's great That's because funny. it's like as they're driving around, they'll, they'll you know, be having a conversation and then out of nowhere be like, hey, fuck you, man. Like getting cut <laughs> off, like people being crazy in LA traffic. So that always keeps it live. hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Well, I guess from what I hear, you spend so much time in traffic in LA, right? It's I like, know, you better do something. You might as well record a podcast while you're in mm-hmm. there. Yeah. Make good use of the time. Maybe that's the secret. Maybe we need to record more podcasts while we're driving around in traffic. Yeah, probably. I think we'd get these out more regularly that's if how, we did. Yeah, that's how we'd produce more. The way the three of <laughs> us content. are, we need to do podcasts while we're working. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I'll just have a headset on while I'm talking to people. <laughs> Cutting <Yeah>. hair. <laughs> just be like, hey, I'm just going to record podcast for a little bit. So sit, just, I'm just going to stop talking to you and just ignore what I say. Yeah. <laughs> Never Enjoy mind the blood and guts talk. Of a, of a conversation. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to talk about murders while I cut Hope your this hair. this doesn't freak you Hope out. you don't mind. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure that would have no negative effects on our lives. Yeah, not at all. Jackie, I opened up this Instagram that you put into our doc. Yeah, I'm already looking at it. I want to buy all of these things. So this is a Facebook friend of mine. Like, I made this friend on Facebook a while back, Darcy. And I just realized this, like, a few weeks ago. We've been friends for a few months now. She has an Instagram account that she goes by Audrey Roteburn on here. (laughs) She's actually really big into kink play and actually teaches kink and BDSM stuff in New York, but she also trades in vintage wear. And Darcy, like, she could be like a modern day goth fashion icon just in and of herself. But scrolling through her Instagram, once I realized that she has one here and realized what she does for a living, I was just enamored with the pieces that she finds and collects and sells. And she just has such incredible, gorgeous taste. And I am just completely enthralled with everything that I see here. And what's even better is her now fiance, she just recently got engaged. He also has impeccable taste and the two of them are just fucking gorgeous together. But now that they are planning a wedding, I am just like on Ooh, that's the edge be of my so seat. Good. I know. I've, <laughs> like, I've never 
never been so excited for a real life wedding, like to see what exactly she's going to pick out there because I swear it's going to be hands down one of the most gorgeous weddings I've ever seen. So this is Audrey Roteburn on Instagram here. And if you just really love vintage wear, especially with a goth flair, this is going to be visual non-pornographic porn. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> This is going to be fashion porn. Here we go. Yeah, the, there, there's a phrase I'm looking for. Yeah, all this stuff is really gorgeous. Does she just, like, go to consignment shops and stuff? She actually has not revealed what she does in terms of getting these, but she says that she has a lot mm -hmm. of different sources, and she does have some unconventional sources. So grave robbing. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. I imagine she has a big network for this kind of thing. And it seems like she kind of has a very solid social network there in general. She does a lot of really awesome fashion shoots around the area. And you'll see looking through her photos that she just really has a lot of kink and vintage play shoots going on here. And I don't know, it seems like her life is pretty baller in general, mm -hmm. <laughs> honestly. And she just knows the right people to pull this together here. Looks like she hangs out in the Catskills too, which is near me. I'm gonna look at that some more later. I thought we should talk briefly about Chilling Adventures of Sabrina holiday episode. Absolutely. Did you guys we get should. around to watching it? I haven't yes. had a chance to watch it, but I'm excited you to hear it? you guys what you have to say about it. Um, I will say that I'll just kind of come right out and say it's not my favorite Sabrina episode, for sure. Felt a little bit like, you know, like something that they were just doing to fill in time. It was kind of a lot of stuff stuffed in there <laughs> that didn't really feel like it had a lot of purpose behind it. But the cool thing about it that I was really excited about was that they talked about... I keep forgetting her name. Grilla. Where's her name? Grilla, yeah. They, kept, mm -hmm. they talked about Grilla. Well, didn't talk about her. Grilla might make a special guest appearance in the episode. I mean, she was straight up there. They even made it's her pretty cool. a little bit hot, too. Ooh. I was sitting there watching it, you know, and I'm like, and then they, they said, you, you lads. And I'm like, what? You lads? <laughs> <laughs> and then realized that that's where they were going with it. So it was really cool because on our last episode, you know, we all shared some Christmas demons and scary tales. And I talked about Grilla and then she showed up in Sabrina. Mm -hmm. along with some other nasty things, some other Christmas nasties. So it was fun. It was enjoyable. It just felt a little bit like something they kind of threw together to make some excess material. It felt a little um, anticlimactic. Like it was just another Sabrina episode. Like it wasn't very special. Mm -hmm. It wasn't a very special yeah. special. Yeah. And I think the more Sabrina I watch, the more I become a little like slightly irritated with her because she's such a selfish brat. <laughs> she really is. <laughs> I know, but it just drives me nuts. It's like, well, you just do everything that you want. And you don't think about anybody else. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like her aunts are so right. You know, they're constantly trying to get her to just be like a tad considerate about the other people around her. And she just doesn't seem capable of that. Yeah. So... I enjoy the show, and I think it's super fun. I know she's a teenager, so she's supposed to be selfish and self-centered, but it still bugs me that she is. I'm like, would somebody just slap her? <laughs> Somewhat related, Drew accidentally put the old Sabrina on her home server. So I've been watching them in the background recently <laughs> while I'm working and doing nonsense. And it is just so much cheesy 90s fun, and I love it. Yeah. <laughs> it's ridiculous. <That's> and... <laughs> Let me just say the old 90s Harvey Kinkle was so much better than current Harvey Kinkle. The modern day? Yeah, modern day Harvey Kinkle's kind better. of a bitch. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, yeah, and I'm like, 
I don't know. It makes me mad that she wants, like, she wants Harvey to accept her and all this stuff, but she just doesn't, like, he'll, he'll specifically say to her, don't do this. Don't use magic. <laughs> yeah. Don't keep secrets. And then she does mm-hmm. it. Yeah. And then she's like, but why don't you like me? <laughs> I just don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> I know. But why are you so mad at me? Like, why don't you listen to the poor guy? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. I'm done. I'm done ranting about Sabrina. <laughs> but hey, Grilla was in the episode, so it's very exciting. Look at us. Yep, We're it is so fun. <laughs> yeah, I have no plans of stopping watching it anytime soon. <laughs> I have some spooky, scary things to tell you guys about hotels. Are you going to be able to get him out? I don't know. I'm going to do my best. <laughs> <laughs> this one might be unlistenable, but hopefully not. Just talk really low so you sound yeah, extra spooky. Exactly. <laughs> okay, so let's take a quick break and then come back and talk about spooky hotels. How long have we been here? Sitting on the floor, pulled on my teeth in a towel under the door. Still don't really know you. Very well How long have we been coming here To the silent nighty hotel It'll only last For a silent nighty minute A silent nighty minute A silent nighty minute It'll only last For a silent nighty minute It'll only last A while We could stay here I decided I would love you I decided not to wait We have an arrangement We give each other pain A little mind for yours It's all pretty much the same So we were thinking of places and, you know, themes that we haven't discussed yet on the podcast. And one that immediately came to mind for all of us was hotels. Because there's always some kind of story surrounding a hotel, whether it's, you know, one from the Depression era, one that's like super old, or even like, you know, the creepy roadside motels that you don't really Wait, know what seedy stuff is going I, I, on. I have, a, I have a correction to how this came about. Oh, really? Did I yes, forget something? This, this came about because I don't remember what I was watching, but it had nothing to do with horror. And yet... The hotel in it was creepy as hell. Well, and I was like, hey guys, how come all fictional hotels, all hotels are scary are as hell? fucking scary. What's <laughs> <laughs> are? They're, they're always frightening. Why is it? <laughs> yeah, well, because there's so many people, so many souls going in and out of this building. And people, you know, they're in a place where it's not, it's not their property. They don't care what happens. And it's like a escape from reality. So I think people are just like in a mindset where they kind of go a little crazy. Yeah. When I sat down to think about it, I thought that there would be a lot more movies and things about this. But the list that I came up with wasn't so long. And it, it's kind of, you know, running the gambit of 
ghosts and paranormal and then also like murder and things like that so just to start off you know there's movies like 1408 which is kind of quintessential haunted hotel the shining of course there's one called the innkeepers which is from the director ty west who also did the wreck movies and sacrament and then there's psycho of course with the bates motel and all the creepy things that go on in there and then Mm -hmm. there's movies vacancy and hostel which are you know more like torture porn kind of horror so there's like kind of some subgenres that happen within hotels and when it comes to ghosts i started reading some ghost stories i have a big book of of ghost stories that are just specific to hotels and they started to get really repetitive because it's always a woman ones that come up a lot that are like the bride who either you know is like left on her wedding night and kills herself or like for some reason they can't get married and she's like stuck in the hotel which is like the whole theme of the movie the innkeepers or you know there's suicides and things that happen in the hotels that leave ghosts i don't know if i have a point that i was getting at (laughs) (laughs) a lot of them are intrigued really really repetitive yeah it's like it's the same kind of story told over and over again which kind of makes stories like um 1408 particularly interesting in my opinion when we were prepping for this this week i actually rewatched 1408 and i watched the innkeepers which it turns out i'd never seen before oh, i fun. could have sworn i had yeah I, like it was one of those movies i was like surely i've seen this i'm pretty sure i've seen this and then i put it on i'm like no i've definitely never seen this before but anyway 1408 like it's one of those movies that every time i go back to it i just keep thinking wow this was a really good story this was a really well done well told story and i still haven't read the book to it of course but it is one of my favorite haunted building stories i guess i should say mm-hmm. yeah i i read the short story a long time ago and i think the movie version did a really good job adapting it where a lot of other haunted hotel stories are like well this person killed themselves and that ghost is haunting that building mm-hmm. 1408 is unique in that it's the room itself that is evil yeah and the, it just like it's like a spider and this is the web and all yeah. of the flies yeah. that get stuck in it and then of course there are the true stories of horrible things that have happened in hotels hh holmes's hotel of murder you know the hotel that like was built with trap doors and things and everybody got murdered in and whoa, then whoa, whoa. you you say this like it's common <laughs> knowledge let's you know, back up here <laughs> what, you know what happened <laughs> he was one of the most famous like old american serial killers he i have the wikipedia pulled up now so i can like say numbers like he confessed to 27 murders wasn't he the basis for the main character in the hotel american horror story i think he was the basis for the yeah the evan peters character yep he created his quote-unquote murder castle in chicago in late 1800s murder castle murder castle he purchased an empty lot across from drugstores where construction began in 1887 on a two-story mixed-use building it sounds almost similar to the winchester house kind of where he's you know the only one who knows exactly all of the plans and people are kind of coming and going so nobody's really working on it across you know the entire span of the building. One of his early murders was his mistress, Julia Smythe. 
He was crazy, and he killed a lot of people. Yeah, I'm trying to find exactly, like, what he was trying to get out of it. Like, I think he probably robbed the people and, like, took their stuff, you know? But I think it was just, like, this is a convenient way to kill people and, and get away with it. He's definitely a case of somebody who, you know, at some point during this process of starting to murder people, he really, he truly just enjoyed it. He did it for the fun, and that's why he started building his hotel specifically so that he could be torture and and kill people oh here we go here's a like he didn't kill them quickly yeah here is a (laughs) quote he said i was born with the devil in me i could not help the fact that i was a murderer nor more than a poet can help the inspiration to sing i was born with the evil one standing as my sponsor beside the bed where i was ushered into this world and he has been with me ever since so he's he's crazy. <laughs> yeah. He he thinks that the devil is, you know, his homie. He's possessed Gotta love by the Satan. poetic evil ones, damn. Mhm. 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 He uh, to me he's one of the most interesting like serial killers in history just because of the great length that he goes to to be able to kill people and and to torture people and I think he gets away with it for a long time. Mhm. He eventually confessed to 27 murders. And he married a lot. Only nine of them could be confirmed. (laughs) He was like, no, no, no. I killed 27 people. (laughs) Let the record show. I know you can't find them all, but I killed this many people. (laughs) What I've heard is that the book, The Devil in the White City, is supposed to be really good about all of the different murders. And it sounds like that one specifically, it also talks about the World's Fair that was going on at the same time. So you kind of get the cultural context as well as the crimes that's yeah that's one that's been on my list to read that i just haven't gotten to yet it's interesting too that he claimed to kill people who were apparently still alive wait what do you mean like he's he's caught it says right here in his his wiki page he's commonly said to have killed as many as 200 though the figure is only traceable only nine of his murders could be plausibly confirmed and several of the people whom he claimed to have murdered were still alive oh so he's just like yeah i killed them but then they're like, no, I'm right here. <laughs> yeah, it's, just, it's interesting because it makes me wonder, you know, like, is he just, was he just trying to do like the superstar serial killer thing and take a lot of credit? Or was he like delusional and mm-hmm. imagining that he was killing more people than he was? Or That's interesting. I thought, no, I thought what you said was he killed people who were alive. Like, yeah, they are alive when they are killed and then they aren't alive anymore. <laughs> what is why does that make him interesting? <laughs> he didn't kill dead people. <laughs> I think his story is super interesting. Mm-hmm. I've seen it, and I think there's lots and lots. Kind of like, what's his name? That, that you know, made furniture out of people. Ed Gein. Yeah, Ed Gein. Kind of like Ed Gein, I think H.H. H. Holmes just has tons and tons of characters that have been modeled mm-hmm. after him and his story. Because it's one of those, like, it's crazier than fiction. Oh, yeah, absolutely. This guy created trap doors and gas chambers and all kinds of weird shit inside of his hotel. You check in, but you never check out. (laughs) (laughs) Unless you do, and then he's going to take credit for killing you anyway. He still says that you're dead. (laughs) Before we get into the big one that I want to talk about, there's also an urban legend that I heard forever ago of, you know, a couple, they check in to this roadside hotel they get to their room and they you know they're exhausted so they go right to bed and 
the moment they lie down in bed, they're like, oh, there's a nasty smell in here. And so they look around to try and see what, what might be causing it. And they call the front desk and they're like, we need another room. This bed, this room smells really gross. The you know front desk guy comes in and they look around the room and they lift up the, the top mattress to look at the bed springs and the bed springs have been cut out and there's a dead body stashed there which is like we were lying on top of that (laughs) and so i looked it up on snopes you know the be all end all of of urban legends fact checking Mm -hmm. yeah and this one is true oh dang the stories like this have been told over and over again in different places with different people but they started kind of popping up in, in the 90s. They say, you know, this happens a lot more than you probably think would happen. And then they just list so many that instances. Happened. It just keeps going. Way too much. <laughs> so many instances of people being murdered and then stored in mattresses. Oh, my God. There's so many cases here. Mm-hmm. I am going to be lifting the mattress in every hotel I ever stay in now. Yeah, and it's like it's one of those things where you would probably smell it. You'd probably know what was going on. Opposite of what you should do. Yeah, you should probably not lift the mattress. (laughs) But oh god, this is another thing you might encounter in any kind of hotel. Although this picture they provide on Snopes is pretty funny. Oh yeah, yeah. These people on like (laughs) this is the best mattress ever, and then there's like a weird torn hole underneath with a skull looking out at them. (laughs) <laughs> that was pretty funny this one's interesting too because it seems like it's very american like it only happens in the united states from what you know what this website's saying but it must happen elsewhere too it seems like a convenient way for somebody to to hide a body huh. and try to get away with murder but it very easily in my mind fits in the like rundown motel like super cheap rates like kind of seedy yeah which maybe that is kind of very like american highway yeah nasty nasty you thought you thought bed bugs weren't bad enough (laughs) now we have to check for bed bodies too yep bed bodies (laughs) sleep tight the big you know classic when i think of haunted hotel the kind of quintessential horror hotel Besides, you know, like The Shining is the Cecil Hotel down in Los Angeles. And the Cecil Hotel was built, you know, very like early turn of the century was this like seemed kind of lavish. And then it immediately kind of fell into disrepair in the Depression. And it seemed like it never really got back out of that. It was right down on Skid Row. And it was always kind of seedy, super cheap rates, and lots of different people coming in and out. And there's been a long line of deaths and suicides and violence at the hotel. Some ones to call out that are, you know, a little bit more interesting. I don't want to say more interesting because all of these people are, you know, worth mentioning. But some of the more bizarre ones in 1962, Pauline Auten was 27 years old. And she jumped out of the window from the ninth floor because she had had an argument with her husband. They were fighting up in the room. The husband leaves in a huff. You know, he goes down and the woman jumps out of the room and she lands on top of somebody who was walking down on the street below and kills him too. George Gianni was 65 
and he was just in the wrong place at the wrong time. Originally, when the cops got there, they thought that the two had committed suicide together, but because Gianni had his hands in his pockets and he was like still, you know, wearing his shoes and everything, they realized he was down on the ground when he died. If he had jumped, his shoes would have probably fallen off during the fall or on impact. So that's just like so bizarre and like really bad timing. Right? <laughs> right. Poor guy. There was also another woman who was killed here who was called the Pigeon Lady, Goldie Osgood. And I tried to find more about her because just having the name the Pigeon Lady is very interesting that you're like <laughs> known as the Pigeon Lady. I guess she feed the birds near Perishing Square somewhere in Los Angeles. And I, I tried to find more about her life, but there wasn't a lot online. She was a retired telephone operator who was staying at the Cecil Hotel when she was stabbed and raped and murdered, and her body was, you know, left there. And a few hours after the murder, this guy, Jacques Enlier, who was 29, Jacques, thank you, was seen walking in that same square that she would feed the pigeons, and he was covered in blood. And so they were pretty sure it was him. So he was arrested and charged, but then he was cleared of the crime because it was all just circumstantial that he was there and so her murder was never solved i know it is kind of hard to pinpoint if he was you know a murderer or you know how how did he get this or just a random guy walking around with blood yeah and this was in the 60s so it's not like they could really test it yeah unfortunately she seemed like a neat character who i wish i was able to find more about her besides just this horrible death that she had yeah and then woman. yeah it's really sad the big one that i think makes the cecil well known and has you know has this huge internet obsession is elisa lamb who in 2013 she was a canadian student and she came down to la for a vacation and then she stayed at the cecil hotel for a while and at first she was staying in a group room some other people and then she was eventually switched to a single room because she was having some odd behavior so she's staying there she calls her parents every day to check in but when her parents don't hear from her they get scared and they call the police and the police start to investigate but they can't find any evidence that there was any foul play or anything. They don't know where she went. They walk through the hotel with dogs to smell, and they can't find any trace of her. Until later on, the the water pressure in the building starts, you know, acting up. And the water coming out of the faucets is smelly and sometimes black. Oh, Everybody no. in the hotel is complaining about this. So one of the hotel workers goes up to the rooftop tanks and looks at the top of these four tanks one of them the hatch door is open and he looks in and he sees her body there oh i know which is horrible and before she was found also the police were like you know they had no leads but they had the surveillance footage the last footage that they had of her um at the cecil hotel it was this footage from her in the elevator, and it's really spooky. She jumps into the elevator and presses a bunch of buttons kind of furiously, like trying to get it to close. And she's hiding in the corner like there's somebody out in the hallway, and she's kind of poking her head around and looking. She jumps out and kind of jumps back into the elevator a couple times, and she's like, kind of looks like she might be talking to somebody. She's moving her arms around. And this whole time, the elevator doors never close, even as she's like, 
staying far away from them and hiding inside and like waiting for them to close you know this kind of lasts for like three minutes of her kind of playing hide and seek with this invisible person or some something and eventually she leaves and as she leaves the doors kind of close behind her and so that was released before they found her body and everybody was like oh this is weird like this doesn't feel right that's not scary at all yeah she's definitely not talking to a ghost yeah definitely no demons involved at all and there's you know kind of these conspiracies on the internet of like well the footage is sped down and there's part of it that's cut out the explanation is like there might have been another guest in the hotel that they wanted to protect their identity or whatever who who would have nothing to do with this who just walked by or something but everybody's like really speculating and it's like making its rounds on online and gating all of this like these conspiracies and you know explanations around it everybody's like dissecting the footage and and trying to figure it out what probably happened is that elisa had bipolar disorder and based on what you know the mental health experts who had watched the video said well it kind of looks like she's having a breakdown she's you know maybe seeing things that aren't there and how she got up into the tanks is is a little iffy the doors that went up to the roof were locked. Could have gotten out onto the fire escape and gotten up onto the roof. Another weird thing is that she was in the water tank and all of her clothes were off and like around her and all of her things were around her. So she would have like, maybe she like was in the water and thought that taking her clothes off would make it easier to swim or something. Like they were dragging her Mm -hmm. down. But then also like, that's kind of weird. And the coroner's report originally said that it was an accident and then they went back and said that it was undetermined which was also like oh why would they say that it's an accident and then they say that it's not what are they not telling us what are they trying to hide so it's still completely like unexplained but if you watch the video of her in the elevator it's so scary everything about this is terrifying scary (laughs) there was also a movie that came out before this happened i want to say Let's see for sure. In 2005, a movie called Dark Water came out, which I don't know if you guys have seen that one. Uh It's a a remake of a 2002 Japanese movie, and it's about this woman and her daughter move into this apartment building, and the water pressure is all weird, just like it was in the Cecil, and the mom goes up to the water tower and, like, finds a body. So it's, like, eerily similar. Oh. Mm Mm-hmm. It could very, you know, very well be a a woman with mental health issues who is away from home and, you know, this horrible, horrible things happened. But then on top of it, they have all these like spooky, spooky things happening. All kinds of weirdness going on there. Mm hmm. Should get the door of the elevators they open for so long. I know. That's the other thing. And the explanations I was seeing is that it could have been somebody at the front desk holding the doors open manually or which like that doesn't make a ton of sense or it was that because it's an old building and an old elevator because she pressed so many buttons at first it kind of like jammed it up which i mean that that makes sense yeah i'm watching it now and she definitely looks like she's having some kind of like like she's having like she's having a conversation or seeing somebody yeah the way she keeps like looking around the corner and kind of reacting to something that you can't see People have said that she was high when that happened, but the toxicology reports said that there wasn't really anything in her body besides the prescription she was taking for depression 
and there was like 0.02% alcohol, but nothing crazy. They'd still be able to find that after she was soaking in water for days? I guess so. And the reports also said that there was no physical trauma, no evidence of sexual assault. She was just, you know, found in the water. I don't think I saw anything that said that it was... I guess I guess the the cause of death would have been drowning. It was weird that it was ruled an accident and then it was undetermined. A little bit more about the Cecil. Cecil is also famous because it is connected to some serial killers. Elizabeth Short, who was the murder of the Black Dahlia uh, murders, mm-hmm. she stayed there pretty close to when she was found murdered. And then also Richard Ramirez stayed at the Cecil Hotel. Jack Unberg- Unberger? who I don't know a ton about. Richard Ramirez was the Night Stalker. And Jack Uttenberger was an Austrian serial killer who murdered in a bunch of different countries. And they both stayed there while they were, like, actively killing people. So that's terrifying. I know. There's a lot of weird, very scary, very violent ties to this hotel. It kind of sounds like they should just sort of tear it down. But, like, after we take some ghost hunting equipment in there? I know. They have renamed it Stay on Main as, like, Mm -hmm. a, you know, we're not the Cecil Hotel. (laughs) We're this, like, hip, new, cool place to stay. There certainly are no ghosts here. You're not there. Everybody knows it. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But, yeah, it's still, I mean, it's still open. I wonder what the rates are. They probably charge more for being the murder hotel. I mean, yeah, I'm... They're still, like, on all of the tours and everything, too. Because of weirdos like us. Yeah. <laughs> we did this. Yeah. <laughs> I can recommend a comic book series about a weird hotel. Oh, yeah? Let's hear it. That I think you guys would find entertaining. It's called Kid Lobotomy, and there's only six issues, so you can read it pretty quickly. It's written by Tess Fowler. Well, sorry, it's co-created and written by Peter Milligan and Tess Fowler. Uh, illustrated by Tess Fowler and it's really it's really odd it's very surreal and kind of like fantasy and quirky and strange and magical but the artwork is pretty cool and I'll just read you the little summary of it it says Big Daddy is a rich hotelier who in a cracked echo of King Lear appoints his youngest descendant to manage the suites a peculiar hotel located behind the Black Crown pub Affectionately known as Kid, his good looks and swagger can't hide a rough childhood of strange therapies and brain operations that awakened inner demons and psychodramas. This, of course, makes him eminently qualified to perform lobotomies. (laughs) A failed rock star successful madman gets one last chance to prove his worth and regain his sanity by turning the hotel that was once his childhood sanctuary into a lucrative business despite a host of obstacles, including his own sister who would love nothing more than to see him fail miserably. It's a very odd, weird book with, like, everything from ghosty apparitions to, like, insanity and weird creatures and monsters, all kinds of cool stuff in it. Nice. But I read it a while back, and and then it's got this, you know, kind of very, like, rock and roll party vibe (laughs) thing, too, that's going on. It's, uh, yeah... I remember reading the first one, and I was like, I have no idea what is happening in this, but it's crazy as shit, and I love it. <laughs> What's it called again? It's called Kid Lobotomy. Mm-hmm. It's from a small label called Black Crown from IDW, but there's only six issues, so you guys can read it really quick. Nice. Nice. 
Yeah. We've we've talked about Ask a Mortician before on the podcast, and she did an episode about Elisa Lamb, too, if you want to hear her story of it. She gets into more of the toxicology report kind of thing, and then also what the effect it had on the internet, because it became this huge, like, kind of like creepypasta almost that was real have you guys heard of the elevator game no what's that no it's also one that people have said oh maybe maybe lisa lamb was doing the elevator game which is this urban legend where if you press the certain buttons on an elevator you go through this ritual where you let's see i want to make sure i get this right you should locate an elevator in a building with 10 floors ride it alone and visit different floors in a specific order with special instructions not to trust look or speak at a lady who enters on the fifth floor joining you on the elevator and if you do all of this correctly the elevator opens up and you're in another dimension and you can communicate with spirits from another world i know And then the way that you, like, get back is that you do everything in reverse, I think. And I don't know what happens if you, like, talk to the mysterious woman, but you're not allowed to acknowledge her. And she might talk to you, but you're not supposed to talk back. Like, maybe she'll trap you in the other dimension. Yeah. I want to (laughs) try. It would be important to get, like, the rule book before this occurs. So you know oh, yeah, what you're like, allowed and not allowed to do. Write this down <laughs> in your hand, like the right way to press them. <laughs> okay, here's the instructions. Only one person can play at a time. You can only perform in a building with 10 stories, with at least one elevator. Getting there, you enter the elevator from the first floor by yourself. If anyone gets on, then you can't, you know, you have to wait until you're alone. So you press the button for the fourth floor. Do not get out when the elevator reaches the fourth floor. Stay in the elevator and press the button for the second floor. Do not get out on the second floor. Stay in the elevator and press the button for the sixth floor. Do not get out on the sixth floor. Remain in the elevator and press the button for the second floor. Do not get out on the second floor. Press the button for the tenth floor. Some have reported hearing a voice calling them on the second floor during the middle section. Do not reply. Do not answer. Do not get off the elevator. When you reach the 10th floor, stay on and press the button for the fifth floor. Sometimes a woman enters the elevator on the fifth floor. She may appear as a stranger who wishes to engage with you. More importantly, she may appear as someone you know. It is important that you do not acknowledge her or talk to her or look at her. If the elevator you are on has like mirrors or reflections, then just stare at the buttons or the floor. And now you press the button to head to the first floor. Instead of going down, it goes up, then you have performed the ritual correctly. But if you instead go down to the first floor, you did something wrong. Get off on the first floor immediately. And if the woman is on the elevator, then remember not to acknowledge her. Right. So don't talk to her if you get off at the first floor, too. If you do reach the 10th floor, you can either stay on the elevator or exit the elevator. Some have reported that upon attempting to leave the elevator, the woman will try one last time to engage with you. She may raise her voice and ask you what's wrong or where you're going. She may shriek as you cross the door's threshold. Keep your wits about you and do not engage or look out at her even out of fear. There is only one way to know that you have traveled to the other world for sure. You will know because you will be the only person there. Traveling back to your home world. It's, I'm frustrated that they don't tell you what else is different about the other world. But okay, right? I guess you have to try it for yourself to find out. Yeah, I'm definitely going to try this. <laughs> Press the button <laughs> for the first floor and keep pressing it until the elevator begins to move. 
Once you have reached the first floor, exit it immediately. Do not exit on any other floors but the first floor. Do not acknowledge the woman if she is in the elevator. Anyone else gets on, do not speak to them either. Remain silent. Right, so you have to stay silent and you can't look at her even though she's shrieking at you from inside the elevator. <laughs> yep. It's also important that if you get off at the 10th floor, there are multiple elevators. You have to enter and leave through the same elevator. That's a lot of work. I know. There's a lot of ways you could mess this one up. <laughs> I'm going to try it. I'll let you guys know how it goes. Unless other world Jackie comes back. Well, then. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know what to tell you then. Hopefully she's nice. We'll see. Yeah. It says that the other world has been described by travelers as dark, but otherwise exactly like your home world. You will only know because you were the only one there. You may see a distant red cross through a window. This may be a cross or it may be something else. What the fuck does that mean? (laughs) Electronics do not work in the other world. You may become disoriented and dizzy, but keep your wits about you. If you pass out, you may wake up at home, but understand it may not be your home world. It also may not be the other world you intended to travel to by invoking the ritual. Examine everything around you and make sure it is as it should be. Who comes up with this? I don't know. It's funny. Maybe that's what Elisa was doing. Well, I don't think it worked out that well for her. No, I think she should have stayed on the elevator. Yeah. Gotten off on the first floor. So yeah, those are the those are the spooky, creepy haunted hotels that I had to tell fun. you guys about. Yep. This this was a fun episode. Good. I have so I'm many glad. rabbit holes to fall down now. You're welcome. I know, right? <laughs> like I have like so many links open, open on my computer. <laughs> you guys have anything else before we wrap this one up? Well, I'm gonna find out what 10 story buildings are around savannah specifically but other than that (laughs) yeah i'm gonna need a full report (laughs) i think the most horrifying thing in my life for the next few days is going to be how early i get woken up when i don't have to go to work Mm -hmm. yeah especially on christmas (laughs) repeat after me afternoon naps are great yeah naps are hard in a house that's never quiet (laughs) It's our last one of 2018. Yeah, that's our last episode of the year. Oh my gosh. Well, everybody knock 10 times on iron only. Don't blink while you're doing it. What? And you can only take 10 breaths in between. Is this a thing? What's happening? Yeah, I just made that up. Okay. All right. (laughs) I was was believing it. (laughs) <laughs> you guys are like, wait, I'm writing this down. <laughs> and then you'll or have the good luck gonna for come a year. And shriek at you. Yep. <laughs> the ghost of 2018 will be shrieking at you from behind your computer. <laughs> Plead to whatever higher power you possibly believe in that 2019 doesn't suck. Yeah, I'm not, I don't have too much hope, but you know, <laughs> we'll all be okay. We have we'll get other. through this together, mm-hmm. guys. Suck that bad. There's certainly lots of <laughs> horror things going on around us yeah. to talk about. Yep, that's true. I'm going to send you guys a link. I was somehow, uh, as I was clicking all these other links from Sierra stuff, <laughs> roaming around the internet while she was talking, I was led to this link, most frightening pictures on the internet. Oh, yes, please. 
and I've just been like <laughs> yes. scrolling through it. <laughs> it's it's given me more atmosphere to Sierra's creepy stories. Nice, nice, <laughs> awesome. Well, I hope everybody has a really good holiday season and gets all of the presents and doesn't get their guts ripped out and replaced oh. with straw <laughs> for being bad. And all carried off by, yeah, carried off by Krampus. Always a plus. Mm-hmm. It's interesting how all the holiday demons want to eat people, right? They're all, They're all cannibalistic. Hungry, yep. I guess Fatties. it makes sense. I mean, we all do eat a lot around the holidays. Mm-hmm. That's true. true. They deserve a feast as well. Everybody <laughs> take out your, your holiday pants. Get those holiday <laughs> pants on. Your holiday pants. <laughs> They stretch. <laughs> I don't have holiday any holiday pants. pants. <laughs> you need to get holiday some pants. holiday pants. I just pictured in my head like like pants with like embroidery and jingle bells on them and <laughs> and an elastic waist. <laughs> you mean you mean my fat pants? <laughs> holiday pants. That's a nicer term for it. Mm-hmm. Well, if you would love to give a present to the sirens, we would love for you to leave a review. See that? See that uh, transition? <laughs> Solid. Yeah. More, more presents. Yeah, presents. Super smooth, Sierra. Give us a gift <laughs> of a nice review on iTunes or Stitcher or wherever you listen to podcasts. But that that is nice because it means more people can help can discover us, and then we hear about more horror things that we never even thought of that we can talk about. And if you would like to come and be a guest on this episode of a podcast, or if you want us to be a guest on other podcasts, we love all of that kind of stuff. So you can get in touch with us with your suggestions by email at sirens at sirenswithscream.com or on Twitter and Instagram and Tumblr and Facebook. We're at Sirens with Scream and all those guys. And you can find all of our recommendations and show notes and links to everything that we talk about on sirenswithscream.com so that you can, you know, watch the videos and things, follow along as you're listening. That I think that's a wrap for 2019! See you guys in 2019. Yes. Happy holidays. Por el camino del desierto, el viento me despeina, su aroma de colita, no nada, nada de labios. Ella de lo lejos, una nucentela, la idea de mezcal, te vi por en la noche, ella estaba a la entrada y la campana ya sonar, y me dijo ya mi mismo, esto puedo del cielo. Ella se de una vela y nuestra de camino. Soy vos el corriador y yo te dije diciendo: He venido de California. Such a lovely place. Such a lovely place. He venido de California. Such a lovely place. Such a lovely place. Que viene para recordar y otra
Mi último recuerdo, Corea Sendela 